0: Hi, everyone. Today is November 24th, 2018, and this is a dual assessment, your podcast for Yu Gi Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And we're finishing up the Kaiba Cup. Stage 2 began about 24 hours from now, more than 24 hours ago, I guess. Um, kind of overnight on Friday, uh, Thursday into Friday. Um... No events are really going on in lieu of that In Glorious Bastion is done. So there's going to wait for the Kaiba Cup to finish before a bunch of new stuff hits. Um, we have some upcoming news for that. And also a bunch of eSports have happened um, while the Kaiba Cup was going on. So we will talk about that. So, uh, DeckTech, what's up? Uh, how are you doing in the dual world? Yeah,
1: so uh, this week was... A little bit light in the dual world because I was uh, adventuring in the real world. Uh, I was on vacation uh, in Mexico, which was actually really fun. It was my first time in Mexico. We went to Puerto Vallarta, uh, did some like ziplining and some uh, snorkeling, and um, it was just a fun place to be. And uh, I didn't have international data or anything, so I was only playing, Mm. you know, when we were on the Wi-Fi in the hotel. So. I played pretty much the minimum amount of games. Um, Sometimes I even missed those three a day, which pains me, but it was what it was, because, you know, you're in the plane or whatever, and you can't play in the time, and bummer. But last night, I uh, realized, it finally occurred to me, that we were indeed recording today, and I didn't want to be a big old embarrassment, so I sat down and I played like 10 games or whatever to make that final push, uh, into stage two. Uh, at this point, it was most of the uh, more skilled players had already moved on, so it was pretty easy going. I got there with Arcana, the uh, Blue Eyes deck, but I did get Arcana to level forty-five somewhere along the line, and so I didn't want to switch while I was doing that portion of the grind because I was kind of the, I wanted to make sure that I got that before we started recording, but. Uh, now that I'm done with it, I'm thinking I'm going to switch over to one of my... I've got a few characters with balance, of course, because it's a, it's a fairly common skill. And I'm going to switch over to Masked Heroes, try that out for a little bit. I ended up buying some packs to make sure that I could, that I had all the pieces to do so, uh, which probably means that it's going to get nerfed soon because it's one of the top decks and I just spent money, or, well, gems on it, so I think that's probably a good sign that it's going to get nerfed and that money's going to be wasted, yeah. but... Uh, you know, hopefully, I can get some games in the uh, next couple days uh, during stage two, kind of learn the deck a little bit, get some fun out of it uh, at the very least, and get those gems playing a couple a day for the next couple days. So
0: that's where I'm at. How about you? Cool. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing where I tried to get stage two by today, and uh, <laughs> but I wasn't in, in Mexico. And I was actually, uh, I, I, I didn't play a ton, frankly, but I did. I didn't win a lot. I guess that's that's the point of this week. And I found that the grind at level 19 was specifically very different. Um, back then, it would be like 17, 18, 19. It would be kind of a bit more challenging. But this time, ni- getting to the 19 to max was a bit stressful. I was facing every... It seemed like every deck was Masked Hero or Bell at the end. Uh, before, there was more um, variety. And... Um, yeah, it just had. It seemed like they had like perfect draws in that type of situation. Probably perception. And I was playing Bujins a lot this week. That that did make me go through some of the climb, fifteen to nineteen, I think. But I finally went back to vampires again, and it made me qualify for stage two. I'm playing stage two. I played like four meme decks in a row this morning, so I am six and two. So I have like a. I have like a DP of 4000, a little over 4000, so nice. um yeah, yeah the meme decks. Like the first deck I played this morning was Exodia. It was followed by a suicide deck followed by ice barriers. <laughs> and, then, and then I beat a real Bell deck, I guess, that required me to like steal their Bell and tribute them in one turn kill them. So nice. Yeah, I think there's a decent number of people who
1: are only playing for the rewards and not trying to push for the high levels, so they're just doing their three games every day and and then getting out. So they're just playing whatever they want. Sometimes it's a meme deck, sometimes it's a suicide deck to do it even faster. Um, And sometimes it's just like like I'm going to be. It's a meta deck, but one that they don't know as well, so they might be misplaying or whatever because they've never played it before. Um, So, you know, maybe getting a few points... Will be kind of easy, but then once you start pushing for like the higher points, then it's going to be tougher. Uh, I haven't tried yet though, so I don't know. I've played right. literally zero games of stage two.
0: Should we save the discussion about the rewards for later? I know we talked about it in the and in, in the last podcast with a Kaiba Cup. We talked about the change the reward structure, and it seems even more drastic now. Not drastic, but you're either going for the top or everyone's exactly the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if there's a ton more to say. If so, we could talk about it in the upcoming section. But if that's about it, then, yeah, I think that's kind of where it's at. And so that's why so many people are kind of just not trying that hard. Uh, Because all it is is for bragging rights. And if you don't, I don't know, if you're not posting on uh, Dueling's meta, or if if your friends don't play or whatever, then the bragging rights aren't really valuable (laughs) if you can't brag to anyone. So, even that is of less value. So it's pretty much only like the very top players who have something to compete for
0: in most cases. Right. Um, And and like last time, I think I was setting an arbitrary rank for myself. Like I want to get within the top 10,000 or whatever. Um, And I think back then they gave the rewards as you get the SR ticket at rank 50,000 or 30,000, I forget. But now everyone who has something will get the SR ticket. Their prismatic SR ticket will just be with you. And yeah, so there's no really, there's no reason to compete. Um, just for the fun with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people just like playing, you know, a competitive, uh, version. Uh, this could be seen as more competitive than the, uh, than the regular ladder, especially if you're one of the top players because the regular ladder just ends at King of Games and there's a lot of people who want to have a number there. So, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's maybe not uh, specifically directed towards getting people like us to play, it seems like.
0: right. So, in the spirit of talking about esports, this is what uh, most of the episode will be about because Duel Links Meta had their meta championship series 13 last week and they have their own weekly as well so we will talk about all the decks from both um events and we're gonna talk about doing some meta week uh i mean meta championship series 13 quite a bit um because there are a lot of decks and there's and... not much else to talk about <laughs> <laughs> right 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 it's always the thing but it's good that the the first place winner and some of the other decks have some really cool stuff that we could talk about so, yeah, this competition happened on Saturday. Um, I think Ruxin was in this. He was like, he just uh, was outside the top 32 or, or top 16, I forget where. But he he did okay. He was like 5-3, I think. <laughs> but it was yeah. just on the edge.
1: I remember his tweeting uh, that he was just so close and slightly disappointed that he didn't quite make it. So, whatever it is, 16 or 32, one of those two.
0: Um this was the masked hero MCS. I think Ruxon was one of the masked heroes. The there were 48 uh out of the whole thing out of 140 I believe were masked heroes. Um this counter might be wrong. Uh vampires came in second, uh blue eyes third and Bujin's fourth. It, this is in terms of uh deck representation overall. And then in the top 32, 13 out of 32 were masked heroes. Vampires and Blue Eyes at six each, and then one of a bunch of decks. Um, you know, Just based on the representation and looking at the top decks, Vampires were the target, I think. Uh, Mass Heroes. A lot of the Mass Heroes decks notably are using Steel Tombs in the top 16. So they were targeting uh, Vampires and, and blue, blue Eyes, and any deck that uses the Graveyard quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I think that that's why Sealed Tombs is so good. Um, it really hurts two of those top three decks, and then it slightly impedes uh, the third one, so it's like, yeah, that's pretty solid. And then it also has some splash value against some of the other decks that aren't top decks, but you see Bougins, a tiny yeah. bit, like the Bujins and the Silent Magicians and whatever. I, I do want to point out that um, some of these decks did well, some of these off-meta decks. I mean, if you think about it, only one person out of 140 brought uh, Sea Stealth. One person brought Ojamas. Uh, I'm looking at the other ones. Um, Only two people? Okay, four people brought Buster Blader. But if you look at, like, uh, let's see, Gemini, there's three of those. At least the Sea Stealth and Ojama guys, they're the only people who brought that deck, and they did well um they ended up going to the top 32 silent magician there were only i think two people and one of them made it so if you think of like percentage wise that's a very strong showing uh if not for that deck then at least for that player who brought something off meta and ended up making it to the top 32 so that's always kind of cool to see
0: yeah um you could see a deck that probably underperformed Bujins. they there were 13 of them and only one made it to the top 32 none of them made it to the top 16 i guess um when we are talking about the new Bujin cards, they only have value... Like, not they only have value, but they're better against people who don't know what the deck does, and everyone here should know what the Bujins do. So that's probably one reason why they underperformed. Vampires mm-hmm. uh, yeah. underperformed big too,
1: yeah. Right. And another thing is, we were talking about Drag Unity maybe being a deck um, before uh, last week, but it seems like uh, people kind of tested a little bit, and they're like, eh, "Maybe not." So, only two people ended up bringing it,
0: even though it was kind of one of the hot uh, topics last week. Banished control as well. That I think that was more of a the clan wars, <laughs> the clan mm-hmm. wars deck. Yeah, yeah. I do see good. it in the ladder now. I, I've I've been seeing it more. Yeah, I don't think I lost against it though. Oh no, I I lost against it yesterday. Yeah, I lost Never against. Mind. I think one of them during the KC Cup. It happens. Alright, let's talk about these decks. First place, Black Jesus. Uh, this is an Arcana deck with Blue Eyes White Dragon. Notably, a card that has made a splash in this tournament is Breaker the Magical Warrior. Um, so this deck only has one Breaker and... Um, he wrote a whole thing about why he put every you know weird card in his deck, and he mentioned Destructotron. This he played Breaker over Destructotron because of the life lost, which would um, hurts against massed heroes with the high number of massed heroes decks, since they have the ability to go face two. So there's always that um, consideration. That's why he has the Breaker, and he main decked two Magic Deflectors because he noted there were various. Uh, non-normal cards, uh, spell cards like Vampire Kingdom, Cosmic Cyclone, Econ, Super Rush, and Mass Change. Uh, he explains everything here. Um, anything uh, you agree with, you disagree with with his deck? Like, or does everything he says make a lot of sense?
1: Um. Well, I thought the Luster Dragon thing was interesting um, because basically, there's a lot of weird choices in this deck. Um, I thought Luster Dragon was odd. The reason why he put it in there, he said, was um, it gives him a little bit of utility in terms of getting things back and another way to summon Cosmo Brain, just like Blue Eyes. Obviously, that's non ideal, though. Um, It also gives him easier access to uh, the five-star tuner. Um, But... Or, sorry, Synchro. The thing is, though, like the main reason why it seems like it's in there is so that it can fight against uh, the... What's he called? Decider. Yeah. Where is it? Here we go. And um, I just think you might as well use, like, the Econ main deck if that's one of your concerns. Um, there's a couple other ways to beat Decider. You could just run, uh, like, like, your Breaker or more of your back road Disruption... Um, In fact, he has very little back row disruption. Instead, he tries to do it with the traps to kind of, with the deflectors and the vigilance, which also seems a little weird to me. Um, It just seems like he plays the deck very differently than I do, Uh, where he likes, he seems to really like the synchro summoning and to kind of try to recycle stuff and use it over again. And I wonder if at the higher level that's kind of required and the OTK potential is not as strong because people know how to play around it or or something. Um, I also think 3 Birthright and 2 Silver's Cry is a very odd choice because Silver's Cry is almost always the stronger option. Um, but he explains his reasoning there. You can only play 1 Silver's Cry per turn. But I just hadn't really found too many games where that mattered too much, especially since Birthright, you have to wait a turn anyway since it's a trap. So... It's like if you're in top deck mode or whatever, it doesn't... It's the same, you know, effect. Um, another reason he put it in there, of course, is because Birthright gets back his Luster Dragon and his, uh, probably more importantly, Water Spirit, which is the reason why Water Spirit's in there. But just all in all, some really uh, odd choices to me. I I definitely... I mean, I might try it out. <laughs> I Like I said, I just got Arcane to 45, so I might not, but... Um, This, it seems to me like I prefer the look of the version that I've been running, which has more, much more back row disruption, and the plan for mine is to clear your back row and then safely play my Cosmo Brain and then tribute the thing that I cleared your back row with to my Cosmo Brain to get out a huge dude, Silver's Cry, huge dude out again, now I'm attacking for 9,000 on turn two after clearing your back row and whatever and all incredibly powerful plays. And this one seems to me like a a lot it's it's designed to be a lot less explosive and a lot more like kind of grindy. And I'm not sure if the deck can compete on that level as well. I mean obviously it worked really well for Black Jesus, but it just doesn't seem like what the deck's meant to do to me. So it's a it's a little bit weird
0: looking. Yeah. Um and a notable thing is that a lot of people are running Ancient Gear Beast in their side decks. And I just figured the reason why... Um, it's pretty much sealed tombs. I I forgot about its ability. I know it negates the effect of the card it destroys, but it also negates, negates the card's effect in the graveyard. I think that's the only card that does that, where it just it just silences the card in the graveyard or something. So that is why a lot of people have the Ancient Gear Beast in their sideboards. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. The DNA surgery is also interesting in there. Yeah, he has no Kinetic Soldier, so I don't know what that's about. Might be to counter other DNA surgeries, so he can yeah. get get uh, Buster Blade chain, <laughs> chain it, chain <laughs> it,
0: yeah. Yeah, interesting. Second place, Raul Torres. This is a, the first of many Sealed Tombs Masked Hero decks. And uh, I think out of all the lists in this top 16, this is the most reactive deck, the most pa- uh, passive one. Because there are no things like um, Hu or Cosmic Cyclone, which are more aggressive to set up that one-turn kill, this one has some Karibos instead, it has some Drowning Mirror forces, and uh, they all run Canadia and Widespread Ruin nowadays, so those are there. But this is the most passive one I've seen. Yeah,
1: yeah, the two Karibos definitely stand out. Um... Also, just the fact that he's not running balance means that he could mess with the ratios, but he kind of didn't, and, right? We've still got six. So, yeah, so it's still very close. It's kind of a very balanced deck, but he just really wants uh, to use the sealed Tomb. so I think personally, if I were running uh, a different skill like balance or, I don't know, whichever other one you want to run, I would have probably messed with the ratios a little more to do something a little cleverer, but that's just me. I just love clever deck building.
0: And and going twenty two with mass heroes is something I would never do. I think, like just because your mass change percentage goes down. Oh but. yeah, yeah. I
1: didn't even notice that.
0: Yeah, that I agree. That seems like a weird choice to me.
1: Uh, I think the one of the main strengths of the deck is the threat that if they don't do the right thing on turn one, then you can just win because you play your whatever, your two guys, your one guy, and then. You attack in, and then you mass change, and then you attack in again. Or even if they play something, sometimes you can just still OTK them. So um, I think weakening that OTK potential seems odd to me as well.
0: And then the sideboard's just a, a transformational thing with the Cypher Soldier and DNA Surgery. That's all it is, just to turn that into the Connect Soldier, Cypher Soldier, um, hit Warriors really hard thing. Yeah, I really
1: like uh, transformational sideboards. I think this is an interesting one. Um, I don't, does it say if they had open or closed deck lists?
0: They're probably all closed.
1: Yeah, I think, ones are closed. I think it's probably closed as well. Um, in that case, it seems really fun because you can trick your opponent. They think you have a, a little bit of a bad start. You know, so you have to set one of your heroes or something, and then, boom, OTK them on the reverse swing or something, Uh, or just when they attack it to it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Five cards is a little small, but it seems like it can work here. I guess that's all you need for this uh, transformation to be complete.
0: Third place, Luke, Tyler, Balanced Geminis. This is just... uh... Your old Geminis without any of the Chemicritters from Bastion. So basically this is a very clean list. You got your 3 Dark Valkyria, 3 Evocator Chevalier, 2 Heavy Knight, 3 Gemini Spark, 3 Supervise, 2 Mirror Wall, 2 Paleozoic Canadia, 2 Treacherous Trap Hole. So you're, you're really good 4 stars. Uh, I know they were, they were playing around the Chemicritters. They are saying uh, Dark Flare Dragon or some of these other really good uh, Gemini cards. But these are just the four stars. Hmm. Yeah, I
1: think this just kind of looks like a solid um, kind of agro control type list. Uh, interestingly, it's another one of those lists that runs. Uh, this time, it runs two treacherous trap hole as well as four other traps. Um, but they're the traps that you can kind of keep out of the graveyard because two are mirror walls, which are, of course, continuous, and then two are the Paleozoic Canadia, so they pull themselves out of the graveyard. Um, So it kind of works uh, in terms of keeping it clear, even though he doesn't have another way to get rid of extra cards if he has them. Uh, The side deck is also kind of interesting, uh, where it has three DNA surgery again. It does not have the Cypher Soldier to try to... Get you in that sense. It kind of these feel like they're just defensive ones yeah. to counter the opponent's uh, DNA surgeries, which is kind of interesting. And then he's got the two magic deflectors, which are good for the same reasons as the other deflectors that we were talking about um, in Black Jesus's list.
0: So, I guess that um, if people were still scared of vampires, that's when DNA surgery works against vampires, where you say they're not zombies anymore, and then can't do anything or something oh yeah, something bad, yeah, happen- yeah. Something bad so, happens <laughs> it, it's more
1: than just defensive it's it's actually okay yeah I guess this sideboard seems to really target
0: vampires then I know that has happened to me on more than one occasion where my gozuki just can't even do anything or they can't pull anything they can't banish themselves just, there's a lot that goes on yeah that makes sense third place sunblade NL this is also a sealed tombs uh, mastiro deck this one is a bit more aggressive. It comes in at twenty cards first of all. And it's more aggressive because it has Shin Zheng Hu and Cosmic Cyclone. Uh kind of the replacements for the Hey Trunade. Uh again this is one that qualifies for balance, has six spells, but it's running sealed tombs.
1: Yeah, I think some people just kind of got used to their balance builds or, or just net decked a balance build or something. Um, obviously people in this tournament are, uh, generally high level players, so they probably practice and built their own lists and whatever, but, uh, maybe they started with a balance build and they just kind of never changed it, which just seems odd to me because the whole point of balance is that you're making a bit of a sacrifice by needing to build a certain way. And then, uh, the payoff is that you get to guarantee that you draw as you do. And there's just a lot of room for you to kind of mix things up with, you've got, Probably three of these uh, spells can be whatever you want and then all of these traps can be whatever you want. none of them are core. So uh, personally, if I were running a list without running balance, I it would be odd to me if it ended up being a balance it might that might just be the best cards and you might end up with balance anyway and that would just prove how good balance is for that deck. Um, just to you're gonna there's no downside if that's the case it would just strike me as odd if that's true
0: they need to nerf everything
1: nerf everything yeah just start over
0: that's why ba- So balance would be worse so they could like have to put bad bad traps or bad spell cards in mm mm-hmm. mhm <laughs> uh so we're going to talk about uh the four members of the four other members of the top 8 Mazarik sealed tombs um as Tiro, you're gonna see the same exact list three times <laughs> in the next top eight. So this is this one has Shinzang Hu, has Cosmic Cyclone, and has Drowning Mirror Force. These three lists which are exactly the same, they only have five spell cards. So they're adding in an additional trap. This one is Drowning Mirror Force.
1: There you go. And Drowning Mirror Force is of course good in the mirror match, uh, because if they come at you with an Anki, you get to get rid of all their stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It can be back breaking. Uh, Obviously, this deck does not have a ton of back row removal, um, so it's very susceptible to it. And since Anki gets to attack directly, it can avoid some of the back row, but Drowning Mirror Force hits it really hard.
0: Drowning Mirror Force really is a card that could work in any deck. It's just good against everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes, and it also, even if it's not, uh, specifically in the deck or, or good, it is a card that is good enough that you have to adjust how you play based on it. Like, sometimes if I can only get rid of one or two of their back row things uh, in my Blue Eyes games, I wouldn't attack directly. I would clear their guy or whatever, but I would know, like, hey, I don't. that might be a Drowning Mirror Force, and if I attack into it, I lose. But... You know, maybe it's better to give them one turn to try to clear up some stuff, some more, whatever. Um, so it can make for some awkward decisions, just like how when uh, Anti-Magic Arrows first came out, people had to play awkwardly about it because it was like, okay, yeah. just in case he has it, I need to activate my Mirror Wall now so that I don't lose the game. But if I activate my Mirror Wall now, it's less efficient. And so, you know, it it makes me play worse in order to play around this potential. Um, so, it's an incredibly powerful card. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point it might get limited, but um, you know, at this point we have so many powerful spells and traps that it's kind of, if it does, it just gets replaced
0: by something else. Um, top 8, Nifroth. This is the only Buster Blader deck to make it to this list. And the Buster Blader decks are kind of, I think they're really hit and miss. They're, if you brick, you lose type situation. If you don't, they're pretty strong. They're really good, because the guy has piercing. The uh, Dragon Destroyer Swordsman has piercing, I know that. Um, Getting a Vampire Zero Defense, that sucks. Um, But, yeah, this is kind of a weird deck. It's kind of like a Dark Paladin farm deck. That's what it (laughs) reminds me of.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit. And one of the things that it specifically farms is the Blue eyes decks. It's a really bad matchup. It's kind of specifically designed to beat uh, the Blue eyes or... I mean, it's it's designed to do its own thing, but it also definitely just smashes on the Blue Eyes deck. So I only saw a couple of them, but whenever I did, I was like, oh boy, this is probably not going to turn out well.
0: It's kind of funny how we said the Buster Whelp of Destruction would be the worst you are, but it's the only one that's played it. How's that?
1: Yes, well, it's a, it's a dual assessment tradition to be wrong about yeah. pretty much every card yeah. review and
0: stuff. Um, oh, well, we Tom tried. V. Tom V. Delzen, top 8. Same exact deck as Mazarik. So, there that is. And R. McMurphy, same exact deck as those two guys. <laughs> Another Sealed Tombs Master Hero deck list. It's interesting. I wonder if they were all in the same playgroup or
1: something. Or if they just took it off of some list online, maybe. Uh, they do have slightly different sideboards, so... Maybe that's right. where each one got their little flavor
0: from. But it is, it's is—it's kind of weird that they all ended up with the exact same list. Ancient Gear Beast kind of does the same thing as the Anti-Magic Arrows. It has that extra ability of Ancient Gear cards which have them built in. So there it is. And it does that thing in the Grave Road which I just mentioned. Yeah. Top 16, Super Vegito, ties Master Heroes. So there's a different skill here. Uh, this one has a lot of has. This one actually has more spells than uh, traps, and it looks like they're going for the Forbidden Chalice, where they hit you really hard with Anki. Instead of fourteen, you get twenty-eight off with the Chalice, Well, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a ne- a neat little trick um, that we don't see as much anymore because I guess Forbidden Chalice <laughs> is less used in main decks anyway. But uh, or also just because you have less space, I guess, since most people are running balance, but. It is definitely fun when you get to attack for thirty two directly. Just ignore your guys and go face.
0: So it also has two uh, Celestials. Typically, they have that one one mix with the Econ, I think, or something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also a little bit weird, um, but cool. I like I like seeing something different. Uh, the trap composition kind of just seems like it's his best traps. I'm not. 100% sure exactly what he was going for with these, but they also each are good in certain situations, so it kind of makes sense.
0: He has wall of D, which we didn't see much in this tournament. He always had uh, the widespread ruins, I guess. This yeah. Difference. Um, Top 16, Zaga. Steel Tombs. This is a breaker spellbook deck, which uh, has the Silent Magicians. Uh, this one can go up to three breakers. So it seems like this card... Uh, Having an impact.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned it when it was kind of spoiled in the set or whatever when we were talking about it, how this card was really good when I was playing the physical TCG um, and how I suspected it might end up being good. I wasn't sure if it would end up being this good, but uh, it does seem like it's kind of making that pretty good impact. It's just a solid card. gives you a clear and then a decent body, which you can either use uh, in this case to cheat out your Silent Magician or Or you can just use it uh, to attack into Deciders or whatever, depending on what you're facing and and what your deck is doing. Or you can, of course, in the Blue Eyes deck, you could tribute it to turn it into a Blue Eyes after you clear some back rows. So for that specific instance, it's uh, pretty much the same as Lila in that deck in that instance, but it has a lot of other uses that makes it better in certain other decks than uh, Lila.
0: Top 16, Kappa, Sealed Tombs, uh, Fur Hires. This one, um, it, it has an interesting trap card, the Double Magic Arm Bind, Magical Arm Bind. Tribute two monsters and target two face-up monsters your opponent controls. Take control of both targets until your end phase. So I guess the goal is just to tribute them, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's a way to kind of clear some of your own boards so that you can then go back to special summoning and stuff and It also gives you a little bit of OTK potential, good disruption. Um, He has a full extra deck, but I don't see any way to use it. So it's not for stealing and then tributing or anything, but still kind of cool. One thing is you can play one double magic bind, tribute two of your guys, steal two of their... Oh, no, that doesn't work, because they would have to have four guys for that to work. So never mind. Can't do that.
0: I don't like Lava Golem. The card's kind of like Lava Golem, except... uh... More proactive, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely very proactive because you can steal and then attack in. But a same idea, I guess. Kind of clear two of their back row spaces.
0: Top 16, Medzer. Uh, this is pretty much a traditional... Uh, the, the, your version of Blue Eyes, sort of. like It has the Destructotrons and stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's a lot closer to what I'm running. Um, I have a little bit more. I have... 2 Destructotron and 2 Lila um, and I have I think only 4 reanimation things now as well as only 1 bingo machine go um, so his is like more, it's less about the OTK in the sense that it doesn't clear the back row to make room for the OTK as often, but it more frequently just gets a, a blue eyes and a reanimation or more than one, and just kind of goes from there. Um, a lot of these top players really like Paleo Canadia. We keep seeing it in all of these decks. So here it is again. I don't run in mine. I don't know why um, specifically you would need it,
0: but. Um, it, 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 it's immune to certain things. Like, it's not a monster. So things like destroy a monster, and then it's stay, still on the board. There's something to it, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's also. If it were an effect monster, just, I don't know, for whatever reason, if it were counted as an effect monster, then I'd be, like, super on board because then you could tribute the thing to Cosmic Brain. But it's not as a normal monster. So there's some more interesting stuff. One last weird thing about this is that there's no uh, tuner. So unlike most others that have at least one option for trying to get a Synchro Summon off, this one does not bother with it.
0: No tuning here. No nope. tune, this deck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it also has one burst stream of destruction, which is a decent
0: card um, in the sideboard.
1: But you don't see it often.
0: Negative one. The only vampire deck here is Sealed Tomb Vampire. This is the new look of vampires running Sphere Kribos. That's just what we have to do now. Um, there is a Vampire's Desire. That's a card you're seeing getting cut sometimes uh sealed tombs and econ are typically paired together if you're running some other skill with vampires you're not going to be running econ otherwise pretty conventional just the traps are gone for the seer caribos. why
1: is that switch made specifically
0: because people have stuff to destroy the back row okay yeah that makes sense i'm doing it too so i just i just jumped on board so i, I actually have both i've i had the back row and the karebo so
1: yeah, I mean, it's definitely true that, at least for my deck, you know, uh, the Blue Eyes thing, we just, the whole point, the whole way that I played it is clear your back row, now you can't do anything, I win. Um, so the it benefited greatly from the fact that there were fewer Sphere Karibos in the meta, and uh, also a little bit less Treacherous Trap Holes. Uh, we still see it a lot because it's super powerful, but now that it's limited, there's a bit uh, fewer of them, so I can avoid it. Um, but anyway, so that makes sense.
0: I think it's better against the masked heroes, because out of all the decks, I think vampires are the only ones that use life as a resource. Like, the other decks don't really, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, except for Destructotron plays and Blue Eyes. Right, Um, yeah. And if, like, every once in a while you'll find a, uh, what's it called, Titan Showdown deck or whatever, i faced a decent number of those, um so they obviously use it as well. But mostly, most
0: decks don't these days. Up 16, Sasuke, Sealed Tombs, Hero again. This one uh, is interesting. It runs the two Shinzeng Hu, so it's kind of like the double Hey Trunade back then. Um, yeah, that's all there is to this deck.
1: Yeah, one cool thing about Shinzeng Hu in this deck is that you can activate it if they only have one uh, Spell Trap, if you target another one of your spell traps, and then you can activate your thing in response. So one play that I saw a decent amount was they set their Xing Zeng Hu and their, like, mask change or something. And then depending on how many things you set, they either lock two or one down, and if they lock down their mask change, then in uh, response they activate the mask change so they're not wasting their own mask change. Um, So the limitation of selecting two isn't that big of a limitation because they can hit either one or two and fairly frequently have something they can do um, with the one so that it's not, like, wasted.
0: They're, they, like, I'm trying to think about things like Fire Formation Gyaku because that card you can't chain. There's also the Shinzing Hu replica which only does one. It's the same thing but does one. But I guess that's worse because most people are going to put two down. Uh, but... Fire Formation Gyaku, I guess it's because it's a spell and it's competing in that slot. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a a, a consideration in the balance decks because you have uh, very easily filled out, you want exactly six uh, spells in the balance version, and you want three of them to be mask Changed, so you have pretty limited, usually one of them's Econ, so you have uh, pretty limited slots for spells, and so in the balance version, it makes sense for it to be Shing Zhang, Hu. I think it's also just card advantage is very valuable in uh, in most card games, including this one. And so Shinzeng Hu gives you a two for one, at least sometimes. Right. And that's just worth it, I think, instead of uh, worrying about the chain. Especially since so many of the powerful spells and traps these days are most efficient uh, in the combat or only available to be played in the combat phase. So right. yeah. um, you can... You can do that and not too frequently get punished by them chaining something or whatever.
0: It is true. Top sixteen wise balance masked heroes. This is the older version, kind of the older version. You you see the card destiny draw for the first time. There's a hey trunade as well and the shinzenghu. Uh
1: yeah yeah it's like you said kind of old. The hey trunade is not something we see very often these days, but it. It's pretty much the same deck. I mean, it works. It it does. It has the same power plays. It just kind of has the details a little different.
0: XVP Blaze Top 16. This is the Hieratic version of uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon. So I guess this one really likes Synchro Summoning because the Hieratics, um, their goal is to special summon a normal monster from your deck directly with zero attack and defense. And looks like that's just for tuning.
1: Yeah, very interesting list. Uh, You've got the, like you said, for special tuning, uh, we definitely don't see Hieratic's very often. Um, I guess if you want to go face with them, you are guaranteed to have that Cosmo brain, so you can um, instead just turn the Hieratic into um, a big guy for that purpose. It also runs two um, offerings to the Doomed, which is not a card you see very often, but kind of makes sense in a deck like this where you can frequently just kind of OTK people. Um, And then it runs two Treacherous Trap Hole, which is just, like we were just talking about, a very powerful card, frequently just kind of blows games out. Um, Often in this mirror match, for instance, if one person hits a Treacherous Trap Hole, they just pretty much guaranteed win because they're hitting such a big power swing when you do that. Your opponent ends up with, like, one card in hand which is probably like a blue eyes that they can't summon now for the rest of the game. And and you have a board of two or three big guys and you get to attack in for free next turn. So um, very interesting list. Uh, Again, I'm not so sure about uh, doubling and tripling down on synchro summons as like the main catalyst for the list, but it's always cool to see something that don't see nearly as often.
0: Yeah. This deck can actually only synchro summon once because they don't. They can only use that spirit once. There's no way to get it back, I think.
1: Uh, you can get it back with the Azure Eyes, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, I didn't know what the card did.
1: Yeah, it's uh, okay, once yeah. per turn during standby phase. You can get one normal monster in your graveyard special summon it, and so okay. usually you're just using that to recycle like dragon spirit of whites and clear their back row slowly over time or just you know get back your big old blue eyes that you use to synchro summon this so you are kind of like getting just a free guy out um just to outvalue them over time but i guess you could also outvalue them by getting more synchro summons down it just kind of seems like like what's the point is it really seems like only you only need one synchro summon to me like i don't know why you would Really need to do more, um, but this it, it could be just to help make sure you get one off more than to yeah, get multiple yeah. over time. So I don't know. Right. That's why the
0: Hieratic's yeah. staring. Yeah, very interesting. Well, that is it for MCS thirteen. We are going to move on to the Meta Weekly forty-seven. This happened on Tuesday. I guess people are geared up for Masked Heroes here. Um, first place, Psycho P. Destiny Draw Vampires. So this is... you got a new skill, and the new version of Vampires, sort of. Uh, you got your two Karibos. It's only a 20-card list. Yeah, Destiny Draw Vampires.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Destiny Draw is really like a new thing, right? I don't see a ton yeah. of that.
0: I can't even play it because I don't have. I still don't have Destiny Draw. It's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been trying to do um, the skill farm that we, I think, posted and talked about last week to try to get a lower level character to have balance, so I don't have to keep switching between my characters who have like who are already level forty two and stuff. Yeah, but uh, haven't gotten there yet.
0: I was using a five Ds character who had balance, and then. Uh, I have some guys like Merrick and uh, Mako Tsunami and Makora. I think they all have balance. Yeah, I know Mako
1: does, um, but my Mako's already at 44 because I love playing Sea Stealth. So it's like I, I want to level characters who aren't leveled yet because once you get them to 45, it just feels like you're just wasting, you know, right. points.
0: I have to do that right now. I have no choice. Yeah, without a losing. John Z, second place. Uh, ties for hires. This one's interesting because it has one each of those uh, semi-li- semi-limited semi monsters. So there's Dyna, uh, Wiz, and Donpa. There's one each. And they run a lot of background now, it seems, uh, for hires.
1: Yeah, I think this works, um, in my mind, because you still have three beat. So you just kind of tutor out whichever one you want, uh, and it works pretty well. This is an annoying deck. Uh, i I still don't like fur hires, but, uh, you know, it's it's cool that the people who do like them still get to play them, I guess. I don't want the Mayhem
0: anymore, I realized. What's that? Mayhem's gone.
1: Oh, yeah. It's true. So, that that's, I mean, just this list. I've seen people still running Mayhem. But when you have a lot more back row, so I kind of like seeing, this is five dead cards against my Blue Eyes deck. So that's kind of cool. The three Paleozoic are still
0: good against us, though. Oh. Laws, third place. This is a Snipe Hunter version of Blue Eyes. So you got your Snipe Hunters and destructor Destructotrons. Is that too much? Like, the same type of card?
1: I don't think so. Um, oh. Like I was saying, I, I run four, um, so running three isn't too bad. um I, it's it's pretty close to what I would do if I were running the Snipe Hunter version, which I, I did run for some time. Uh, the White Stone of Legend is good with Snipe Hunter, like we talked about when we first talked about the deck, because it gives you two activations. Um, so, there's some cool stuff here. It seems pretty solid. Uh, I just don't think that the Snipe Hunter version is, is as good. Uh, but it does let you use some of those cards that are otherwise mostly unusable, like Late-game Bingo Machine goes are sometimes literally unplayable because you don't have three targets left, and sometimes they're just kind of useless, and you just play it to thin out your deck. So if you play it to thin out your deck, and then you have something to do with that card you got, you know, that's a nice bonus. So it seems like a pretty clean list, uh, probably. I mean, we saw that it did well for him, so makes sense.
0: I also feel like Snipe Hunter has some psychological impact. If you miss, it's just going to tilt you for the rest of the game. And you're also down a card because you missed, so there's a bunch of things going on here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I felt like the reason why I ended up cutting it was I could usually discard one or two cards, and sometimes I actively wanted to discard like one of my cards, but you didn't often have a ton of extra cards in your hand, and so it was kind of like you needed to hit. And frequently I was only trying to hit one or maybe two back row stuff anyway, so that's why I just switched is- it to Lila. <laughs> And yeah. destructotrons, of course, good. Um, you don't usually need to target monsters with this deck because your monsters tend to be bigger than everyone else's monsters anyway. so um, that's that's kind of my thinking on why I switched to Lila
0: And this is probably the highlight of the of the week. What not third place lab builder <laughs> ultra athlete deck. <laughs> so so we all know that ultra athletes need ramp they nerfed something. I forgot they nerfed, but they need ramp. So Lab Builder is ramp. It, it gives you a 3,000 defense monster on the board, but you only start out with two cards in your hand. And it has never seen competitive play outside of farming, and it won third, fourth place in this tournament. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like it. It's really creative. Um, it's a big hit to give two cards back especially when you're only using that one monster you summon to, uh, to cheat out one of your bigger guys. But I guess once you have the UA Stadium anyway, you're kind of getting those cards back. Um, so this is kind of cool. This is a really powerful archetype that just kind of seems to have died off. Um, but once you can actually get it going, then it seems like it's really good. So, you know, kudos to Whatnot for coming up with a little bit of a different way of doing it.
0: Yeah, this is a very defensive list, because the, the Lab Builder's not going to stay on the board. I guess it, could, it does compete with Blue Eyes. I guess that's the one thing, right?
1: Yeah, except if you still have the Cosmo Brain out, it doesn't. So Right, yeah. I don't know how well that would work.
0: Reminds me of the the, uh, the guy I played this morning with uh, Exodia? He was just playing 2,000 Defense Moxers. It kind of <laughs> felt like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... It's not a winning play these
0: days, I think. <laughs> and they have this honorable mention uh, deck from Cross X, which is a uh, peak performance dragoonity deck.
1: Yeah, peak performance is a little weird. Uh, I guess it it guarantees you can get an OTK uh, if your deck works as it's supposed to. Because I think you double leaves you with thirty eight, right? I forget exactly uh, how it works, but I played yeah. against it. The
0: Vajrana is thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go.
1: So I, I played against it and they ended up with 38 and if you have uh, the field spell then you end up with 4,000 so you can OTK people with your Hey Trunade to set it up and then just kind of go through your whole list.
0: Yeah, This archetype kind of died off too but it, it, it felt really strong to, f- to play against it.
1: Yeah, when it works, it works incredibly well um, and there's a little bit of room to play with it. The problem is uh, as I kind of uh, foresaw when we were talking about it is that for it to work it's very uh, self-parasitic it needs to run a lot of cards for it to work so you only have this looks like he kind of found about six slots to play with um, and he used two for Hate Runades. so that seems fairly necessary to have at least some back row disruption since you're mostly an OTK deck Then he ran two Drowning Mirror Force, so only two defensive cards, and then two for card draw, which again seems very... uh, Cards of Resonance, a great card in this deck, um, but seems very necessary for you to have some sort of draw in a combo deck again. So really, because you need some sort of disruption, you really want some sort of draw, it only has like two slots for him to mess with, Um, and that feels like a weakness to me. So the deck is very strong when it works, uh, but it doesn't have a lot of room to play with so it's kind of very much all in on one plan and if it doesn't you know if it bricks or if someone disrupts it or whatever then you're significantly hurt by that
0: this week we also had a dual thon going on in case you did not know it's hard to know the dual thons nowadays when they don't have a character associated with them it seems but this one does does give one copy of two new cards one is pretty bad one is okay (laughs) let's talk about the cards Pretty bad card, Gauntlet Warrior, 3-star Warrior. During either player's turn, you contribute this card. Each Warrior Monster you control gains 500 attack and defense. Until the end of the next damage step, that Monster attacks or is attacked. This card is 400, 1600. It's interesting, it's pretty bad, but it lets them store a buff, basically, until they the Monster goes into a combat.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing instead of just doing it until like the the next turn, um, which would have had a similar effect, but obviously been a little bit stronger. Um, I don't. This isn't that good. Like you said, it's <laughs> it's kind of like an equip that you instantly lose the value of, and you know how we always hate equip cards. Uh, so I don't. I don't see this really seen. Any sort of play, since we only have three monster slots, the most you can get is 1,000 buff that only lasts for one combat. So I don't see that being very good at all.
0: Yeah. This one might be okay, though. Sea Dragon Lord Gishilnudin. It's a five-star Sea ser- Serpent Synchro that has a requirement of one tuner plus one level three non-tuner. So this is the first card that has that requirement of the the material has to be three. So that forces the tuner to be a two. It has 2,300, 1,800. Um, When a face-up level 3 or lower monster on the field is sent to the graveyard, this card's attack becomes 3,000 until the end phase of that turn. I found that we actually have 19 level 2 tuners, so there's a lot of cards that could fit in. Um, And this is just one that you'll put into the extra deck because it's so cheap. It's 2 plus 3 for a card that can hit for 3,000 because... When you tune it, when you synchro summon it, there's going to be a level three leaving anyways. So it's going to be three thousand for that turn for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it has, sy- it has uh, synergy with Slushy because it's a level five Sea Serpent.
1: Synergy with Slushy—that's what we need out of all of our cards these days. Because that card—it's not is... bad though, right?
0: For the cost, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. All right. So, yeah, the Kaiba Cup's still going on, so play those three games per day. Um, Neither one of us are really going for it. I I don't know if we've ever really gone for it, but you've gotten, like, a high rank before. But um, there is no reason to do it for people like us now, so we're just going to play it for the rewards. Yeah.
1: Yeah, basically, um, I'm not about to stay up for three days straight or whatever to do a stage two competition to even try to compete for the top rank. I don't think I would be successful in that, even if I you know, gave it my full attention, whatever. Um, the one where I did well was where there were prize tiers that were significantly different for getting top 10,000 versus top 1,000. I think I got a top 1,000 once because of that reason. Uh, but s- since then they've changed it so that it doesn't really reward that anymore. So now it's kind of like, well, I don't, I don't have any reason for playing besides uh, definitely still play the three per day to get your free pack essentially, um, and you know to get a little bit like you said you have to play at least one game I guess to get the
0: SR. So do that as well. Yep. Zane is at the gate. But it's a little different this time. His, his events are being retired. But because he had, such, he had two different card pools, I realized. He had the Cyber End Dragon. And then he became the Cyber Dark Guy. He has 25 cards in his level 40 pool. <laughs> 3 URs, 11 SRs, 8 Rares, and 3 Ends. So it's going to be really hard to get his stuff if you're a new player just trying to farm him. It'll take a while just to get all his cards. And it was agonizing for us. For some of us, uh, not getting certain cards during the events, it's kind of the same deal, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, I did see a decent amount of Cyber Darks towards the end of my Stage 1 KC Cup Climb, so I guess some people are are kind of taking advantage of that already and already getting it. So, um, I don't know. Good luck to you if you want to do that. I think the deck's kind of fun, but I don't think it's particularly competitive, so... I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't be in a huge rush unless you specifically want to play something and you kind of like like that deck.
0: He also has that card that makes the attack two thousand for that one turn kill thing. Or for, no, they lost two thousand on purpose. I think it was mm-hmm. for the um, the Cyberstein deck. They nerfed yes. that already, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, they did. So the rest of this episode, we'll just talk about the upcoming news that was released this morning. Jack Atlas is confirmed. We don't know what cards we're getting. I think, I think there is one card that's confirmed. That's the Dark Resonator, which, which is a tuner. Um, apparently, he plays with a lot of cards in the anime, so uh, we could get anything. They're probably the weaker versions of the cards. Um, and we we'll get we don't get to keep him yet. That's notable. We have to wait a few months first. Yeah, he's just coming to visit. Someone we will get to keep is Tristan, and that comes along with the tabletop RPG. That's the thing where they um where you're opening the chest and you're fighting the bosses, right? Uh yeah, I guess so. It's like you're running on a map and then they you uh you're battling a guy or something? Like you roll the dice to battle them, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the one with the dice,
1: yeah. probably. Uh it's notably not the Duelist Chronicles. Oh, just
0: to move. That's the yeah. space. Roll the dice to move. That's like that's like Monopoly, yeah. And this is like the Dungeons and Dragons, right? Type the game.
1: one we did uh, the Zork stuff,
0: right? Yeah. The DD Tower is back. We haven't seen this event in a while. This is the Light Dimension, and some leaks show us that some of the characters that will be coming are Moki Moki, White Magician Pikaru, Alien Gray, Gradius, Moki Moki King, and the Creator as well. Okay. And I gotta look up what this card does.
1: <laughs> Which one?
0: This card that we're getting as a reward. The Lightning Warrior is a confirmed reward from the event. that They told us in-game so this is not a leak. This card is a 7-star Warrior Synchro 2,400, 1,200 no requirements for the tuners. If this card destroys an opponent's moxer by battle and sends it to the graveyard inflict 300 damage to your opponent for each card in their hand. So, it's a, like, a really old mechanic where you have to destroy it by battle and send it to the grave, and then there's a little bit of burn. Unfortunately, it's a 7 star 2400, you know, which is the same stats as Red Eyes, but there's no synergy or anything, so it's uh, it's bad. Yeah. yeah, it's bad.
1: Yeah, Red Eyes only saw play because of the synergies it has, so if you, if you take those away, it's not worth it.
0: Yeah. Esper Roba is being retired to the gate mid-December. Time for some Dino DNA. Tyranno Hasselberry is coming for the first time. We talked about this before. I didn't know what cards they would give as rewards. They're probably just gonna. We are gonna get him as a character. That's confirmed uh, down the line. But uh, they're just gonna give him random dinosaurs, I think, because uh, his Ace Monsters were kind of given away in different sets recently. So Dino DNA. I hope there's a skill where he becomes a dinosaur because he is a, he is part dinosaur, so that makes him a little different from Rex Raptor. They have two Dino Duelists, but this guy's actually a dinosaur. So. Yeah, there you go. It's in his blood. Yeah. Yep, it's because his bone, you know, dinosaur bone. Right? They, they just couldn't didn't have. It's a na uh, healthcare, so they had to get a dinosaur <laughs> bone. <laughs> um, Duelist challenges. Those are those little quizzes with the dual guide. There's five. Um. Five of those, usually some that are a, bit a little tricky, so those will be coming back late December. Something to do during Christmas or the holidays uh, when you're bored. Um, and also Duel Academy. Duel's Chronicles uh, GX version is coming late December as well. So that's the one where you roll the dice to move. Yeah, and it's also the one where they kind of
1: <clears throat> walk you through the story from the anime and stuff. And uh, right, That GX, one will yeah. be... That one will be interesting for me because I've never watched that series. Still, I know a couple of listeners of the show have told me that I have to, and at some point I probably will, but uh, I haven't done it yet, and so I'm kind of looking forward to learning that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's gonna it it takes a dark turn on season three, so I don't know how they're going to incorporate the dark turn. I hope they go hard at it. Oh yeah, and then the then the jade infuses with Yu Bell for season four. I don't know if they're going to talk about that at all. I think probably. Seems they're going like they have to give him like a, a a different eye. Like they're going to have to change his appearance. Hmm. Maybe not then. But they I literally know. they literally become one body.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's kind of a major point though. Like they have to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's just. It sounds like it's kind of the beginnings,
0: so maybe they didn't want that far. Yeah, defeat Crowler. and that's it. Yeah, there's more. There's more to Crowler. Crowler was like the first, the first few episode villain, and then some other stuff happened. Well, we'll see. We will see. That is it for us today. Good luck in the Kaiba cup. Let us know what decks you what what decks you. Take what DP you get, what rank you get. Let us know if you're going to Japan.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely let us know if you're going to Japan. We'd love to hear about that and spread the word that you're yep. awesome.
0: Listen and subscribe to this podcast anywhere. You can search us anywhere, like Spotify, for example. Uh, check out the podcast and more at our website, the dualassessment.wordpress.com. Facebook page, Facebook.com slash the dual assessment. Patreon, if you want to help support our efforts, Patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Email us with any questions at the dual assessment at gmail.com or you find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment. Me, Green Ranger CCG, deck tech at HS Deck Tech. Yep. See you guys next time.